Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out, and to be trodden under foot of men. Hello friends, I'm James. This is Mark. Join us today as we ask the question, what did Jesus mean when he said that Christians are the salt of the earth? Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to the We Believe podcast. This episode's titled The Salt of the Earth, Mark. Yes, sir. So, good topic, huh? Absolutely. Uh, So, you obviously are quoting from Matthew chapter 5, the famous Sermon on the Mount. A lot is said there. Uh, But this particular passage right here, Jesus is addressing, obviously, his disciples, but there's a larger crowd there. And so we, we have his immediate disciples, which are the ones that were always with him. And then I'd say probably even another contingency of people that are, would consider themselves his followers. And then probably whoever else is there listening. And he tells them, you're the salt of the earth. Now we got to find out what does that mean? Uh, and to our listeners, uh, hopefully we, we're, every week we do this, we're sounding a little bit better. We're kind of upgrading our sound equipment as we go. Uh, you know, we're we got some new mic stands, and we're, we're feeling all professional here. So. <laughs> but, Mark, I guess if to start it off, um, salt was, was vital in ancient times. Um, they'd use it for medicinal purposes. Uh, they'd use it as like an antiseptic, uh, cleaning wounds or, or bacteria. Uh, it had a lot of uh, purposes. Um, and so I was doing some research, and, and back then, salt that was used in that time probably was most likely uh, dug up you know, from the shores of the Dead Sea. And so then it would be, there'd be a blend of salt deposits. It always had the, the appearance of salt, actually. But, but actually, over time, the real salt would dissolve, leaving basically just a useless residue that would, they'd just cast out because it wasn't any good. As you notice there in the last part of that verse, you know, Jesus literally says, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men when the salt loses its savor. You know, salt's really strong. I mean, I got a funny story back in my oil field days. Uh, we, we would go to a restaurant. If somebody got up from the table and left after the drinks were poured and most everybody drank sweet tea, then the way you'd mess them with them is you'd, you'd pour a bunch of salt in their tea, you know. Or you could switch it out to where the, they'd think that the, the salt was the sugar. Uh, and obviously, salt and sugar to do, do two completely different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just goes to show you, like, what Jesus was trying to point out here is salt has, has a, a very strong effect on, it, on what it touches, Absolutely. We, uh, we actually just studied this in junior church as well. It's always uh, interesting when you ask the kids, what do you think this means? Um, in my study, I, I remember they would use salt for like embalming and um, to preserve from corruption. Yeah. So I, I've heard it said Christians are like salt in the sense that we are to preserve God's word. We're supposed to continue to live holy lives so that others can know. Ultimately, we want to lead uh, people to Jesus. And uh, if, if we've lost our savor or, or our effectiveness, we can't really do that. So that salt's no good. So it, it's like you said, the salt back then isn't like what we think of today as like, you know, you go to McDonald's and you get the little salt packets. They, they don't really have any effectiveness. Here we're talking about salt that uh, it was it was whole. It was pure. It was it was right. Uh, right. It was um, used for 
again, for preservation. Uh, a lot like the Christian today, we are supposed to preserve and, and live the holy life that we ought to live. If we, if we can't do that, then like the verse says at the end there, it says it's to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. So it's important that we stay true to God's word, that we continue to be obedient uh, in his will for our lives. And uh, through that, living a holy, holy life, we can have that effectiveness uh, with the people that we're trying to reach. Without that, uh, how can we ever expect to see anybody saved or even have the opportunity to witness to anybody in that way? Yeah, well said. Uh, I was reading um, some different commentaries on this, and one of the quotes I read really stuck out to me, and it said, there's something profoundly disappointing about something with the appearance of salt but none of its usefulness. And of course, t- he's talking about what would happen when, when that, you know, that actual salt and that blend of deposits just would lose the actual salt inside of it, and it was it was no good anymore. And of course, relating that to like what you said is, it, it purifies, right? I mean, salt has an effect. I mean, in other words, uh, you know, another way to say it would be, salt has some impact on everything it touches. You know, it, it has an impact on. In a practical sense, when you put it on your food, you know it's if it's salty or not. That's one of the first things people notice, right? Likewise, the church and Christians, then, we ought to have an impact in, in, in every area of life. And I'd go just as far as to say in society as well. Because if we're not reaching and touching in those different areas to include society and culture, then there's, there's nothing left out there to purify the evil and the sin that, that's out there. And so Jesus is, po- is pointedly saying that you're going to have to be the ones that are going to bring this into the world and, and carry on, the torch, if you will. But I would say that, you know, the problem with New Age Christianity and teaching is that you can't talk about sin anymore. You know, you can only talk about subjects that begin with God is love. And while that's absolutely true, it's also true that God doesn't want a Christian to live a life full of sin. Uh, there are examples and examples and lessons upon lessons in the scriptures of people's lives that are ruined because of sin. So I think that it's not to say that we aren't to go out and profess the love of Christ. Absolutely we are. But to ignore the truth that you know, God also has something to say about sin, about how we ought to live our lives. It, it's kind of like we're giving people a lot of sugar and, and no salt, you know. I'd like to touch on something you said there in the beginning. You said salt has an impact on everything that it touches. Uh, I think that's a very important phrase. It's my prayer for my life and and that of my family, and I I would believe yours as well, that we definitely want to impact those we come in contact with. Um, As Christians, we are supposed to give the gospel and uh, point people to Christ and this verse, I mean, it's, it's such a simple verse, and it's very easy to overlook, but the power that there is in salt when you understand what God's talking about and how we can, I guess in a way, emulate what Christ is doing. You know, he, he loved people and uh, cared for people and wanted to turn people to the Father ultimately. You know, he said he was about his Father's business, and I believe we are to be about his Father's business as well, our Heavenly Father, if we're saved. Um, it's just an amazing thing that he has entrusted us with, his word. And I hope that I have the impact on people 
that they think there is something different about me in my life that I can turn people to Jesus. I think that's an amazing verse, uh, fun topic to study uh, when you see it in history, and then just to be able to go out and live it uh, is something that's been very exciting to me and challenging for me as well to be able to uh, talk to people. I'm typically an introverted person, uh, so just to get out and see the the impact of living a holy life for God and what it can do for other people, the impact that it can have in others. So uh, very exciting. You know, I uh, was reading through, uh, and one of the commentaries was is John Gill that I read through. And it's interesting the way he put it. Jesus didn't say that you ought to be like salt or you ought to have some qualities of salt. He said, no, you are the salt. Like, it's, it's almost like when people say the Bible contains the scriptures or the word of God is in the Bible. And by Bible, we mean the King James Bible, by the way. But rather, it's more profound or more correct to say the Bible doesn't just contain, but it is the word of God. Yeah. It is the scriptures. And so I think it's very interesting the way that, that the Holy Spirit you know, produces this thought. And Jesus is speaking to them, and he's saying, I'm not just asking you to be like salt and have those qualities. I'm saying, this is who you are. And if this is who you are, then you, you're not going to have any fulfillment living your life any other way. I was speaking to, earlier today, actually a younger person um, in his early 20s. He was asking me some questions about career advice, you know, kind of things like that. And someone that I know to be saved, but not not really in church. And he, and he only mentioned that he'd been praying about, you know, maybe a new career path. And I just tried to be practical with him. And I said, look, it's good to have aspirations. And I'm, and I'm glad that you're praying. Uh, I think you ought to. But when we're not doing the things we know God wants us to do already, but then we, you know, we come to him when, when we really have a need. I said, All, only advice I could give you is what it took for me, my, you know, for myself to get back right with God. He had to get my attention several years ago, and I had to get an understanding that I wasn't in church. You know, I wasn't doing the things with my finances that God really wanted me to do. And so in order to get all those things right and start getting them on the right path, you know, I had to put my faith, because I believed in God, I was saved, but I had to put that into practice. And so the simplest form I could put it was my humble belief is that the pathway to a rewarding Christian life begins at the intersection of faith and practice. Uh, James talks about that a lot in the book of James, that it isn't enough to just hear and believe or read and believe. You've then got to do. You have to do something about that. If the Christian life is, is nothing else, it's taking the knowledge, the information, and the heart, the belief, and putting those things together and taking a step forward. I was reminded of a verse, um, you're speaking of uh, helping this young man, you know, I often get approached as one of the older guys in the shop, I get approached. You know, people ask me about my faith quite a bit. 
Um, you never and, thought you'd be one of the older guys in the shop. <laughs> right, <laughs> absolutely. And, and I'm not that old for oh, the record. Oh, mercy. Um, but uh, it always, in the beginning, it, it intimidated me because I always thought, you know, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? Uh, but the verse, Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and he mm. will establish thy thoughts. And uh, that's a verse that I've always held pretty close. If I just commit to doing what I know God has me to do, reading my Bible, being obedient uh, to those he's put in authority over me, uh, submitting to my wife, and uh, being the example that I'm supposed to be in doing that, uh, it's amazing just the scripture that starts to come to mind that you can use to encourage people yeah. uh, and help people. And that's just, uh, you know, in the beginning when I first got saved, um, I always kind of kept my faith to myself because I didn't yeah. want you know, I didn't want people to think I was ignorant or that I didn't know what I was talking about. But um, as I've just done what God has commanded me to do, the simple things that I know that I'm supposed to do, um, it's amazing how he, he impacts your thoughts and gives you the thoughts and how you can help people. And ultimately, it goes back to the Bible. Uh, that's our yeah. foundation. That's what we're supposed to go to. Um, when anything occurs in life that we don't have the answer to, we go to, we go to God in prayer. We go to his word. Um, and as I've seen that more and more, it's, it's exciting when people come and, and ask you because in a lot of ways I've lived some of what they're going through so I could be able to give them that. Well, and God's using you that way. Right, I mean, there, I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that, that God's put you where you're at and you're able to be a blessing to some of those younger guys because you're living exactly what he, he wants for those same guys. You're living that life and came out of maybe what they're going through. Or, or something similar. And you you can honestly tell them that living for the Lord, there's nothing that matches it, you know? Um, and so, no, that's 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 awesome, man. Uh, and it's just, it's amazing that God's able to use you that way. Yep, that's exactly right. It's it's uh, such a blessing to me, and I, I hope it's a blessing to them as well. And it's just exciting uh, to be a part of, of God's will and just to be used by Him, uh, whether it's big or small. We know nothing is too small for God, but... Yeah. You know, that's that's how our finite minds think sometimes. So, one thing you brought up Proverbs, and it's interesting. Yeah, I brought up a couple of verses this morning when we were talking, uh, but it was from chapter three. Two of my va- favorite verses in the Bible, and very well-known verses, but Proverbs three and verse five: Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Verse six of of chapter three says, "In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths." That's a verse that I needed. Uh, years ago uh, because yeah there were areas of my life where I was including God but I wasn't including him in all the areas of my life and I'll be honest God wants all of you if you're a Christian and I'm pretty sure he's entitled to it (laughs) he saved me from the depths and the miry clay I was on a path toward an eternity separated from him forever and he reached down and grabbed me and pulled me out and I mean, I own, I own my life and I wouldn't want my life to be any other way. You know, this is not a sentence living this life and being able to be a part of, of this church and having my family here and the fellowship and the people, um, the members and the guests and, and all the ministries, this is literally to me what what life is all about 
and I'm just so thankful that I that I finally figured that out. And I certainly haven't arrived by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but it has changed my life. There's no question about that. thinking um, about the life of Paul. Uh, we're called to be the salt of the earth, and I think of Paul and everything that he went through. He, he originally persecuted Christians and, and sought to have them killed, and he thought that he was doing what God wanted him to do. It wasn't yeah. until he met God on the Damascus Road, mm. and everything that he had gained in this world, he was willing to give up everything so that he could tell people about Jesus. And He's what I look at when I think of a Christian. I think of somebody that's willing to sell out the zeal that, that Paul had. It's just an amazing thing to me. And uh, I, I would encourage those that are listening to study out the life of Paul. Uh, just an amazing Christian, just the things that he went through, um, being thrown in prison and, and just traveling all over the place for the sole purpose of seeing souls saved and uh, truly uh, being the salt of the earth. One final thought I think that comes to mind is we, you know, we started off by reading the passage of Scripture from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is telling his disciples and, and all of his Christians that we're the salt of the earth and what will happen if you, you lose your savor. So you know, what are some ways for us to not fall into that? And I, and I think you've, you've mentioned a lot is practicing your faith and uh, staying in the Scriptures and and being an example to others. And it's like you said, as time went on, maybe years ago in your Christian life, you wouldn't have gone straight to the Bible or to scriptures. And now you're able to just almost think of something immediately that you can maybe not quote word for word, or but scriptures come to your mind. I guess really my, my final thought would be, there's really two areas that you can you can look at when somebody may not be where they want to be or ought to be at a certain point in their Christian life. And I think those two words, in my opinion, are ignorance and disobedience. There is a difference, and I think ignorance is a natural aspect of just being a new anything in life. When I first joined the Navy, I was as ignorant as a sailor as you could be. I had to know probably the same in the automotive world, right, you know, and yeah. uh, what you do. But then there's disobedience, and that's I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm just, I'm just not doing it. Ignorance, I think, you know, God, he's very long-suffering, but he wants you to start to become less ignorant. So one way that you can not lose your Savior, if you will, is to continue to grow each and every day. To not be ignorant today of some of the things you were the day before. Because we're going to be judged, if you will, um, on the actions that we take based on the things that we know. And if I know I'm supposed to be in church and I should be reading my Bible and I should have a healthy prayer life and I should go out and witness to other people and tell them about Jesus and I'm not doing those things, I can't use ignorance anymore. It's not going to work. We've got to grow at some point and understand that there's a lot of truth in the Bible and Jesus didn't always approach every subject holding people's hands. He walked into the temple and flipped the table over on the, on the money changers. He was pretty upset. <laughs> Uh, we're going to have to be willing as Christians to be the saver that's going to help purify and help people 
with their sin because people are going to have to be told the truth. And if, if we're not doing it, no one's going to. We're salt for a reason. joining us this evening. Hope that you are challenged. We would encourage you to subscribe. and There is a link in the description that will lead you right over to our church website. If you have any questions, uh, maybe about salvation or the church in general, or maybe this topic, uh, we would encourage you to reach out to us. We'd definitely uh, love to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. <laughs>